Hi, Jer. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing today? I I am oh I'm stuff. I'm things. I am I definitely exist. You know, uh, in a in a Descartian sort of way. I think. <laughs> also, yeah. also, I feel. You I I. <laughs> I also, those two things. It's awful, isn't it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to How to Draw Without Dying, the the podcast for artists who struggle. I'm Jer. I'm a full-time software engineer who's been drawing comics since he was seven. And I'm Kyle. I'm a writer and artist with a flair for the melancholy. And we're here to talk about making art and enjoying art, especially indie art, in the modern, busy world with jobs and, and houses and, and food and and computers. It's hard. It's difficult. And, it's really stressful. And gross flesh bodies that require needs. Listen, that's that's also a factor. How's everyone doing tonight? We are streaming this. Uh, I'm streaming it from uh, twitch.tv slash Jer... Uh, that's not correct. I'm streaming it from... Uh, hello, I'm streaming this from twitch.tv slash Ironoki, and Kyle is streaming this from twitch.tv slash Newbridge. If you want to hang out with us, come join the conversation. That's how to do it. We stream this every, um, every Thursday night at 7 p.m., although we are taking a break in December. Yes. Namely uh, me. Me, I, oh. I am taking a break because I need a break from all of this. <laughs> I'll probably also be taking a bit of a break because I will be out of town. It's dem holidays. Uh, it's dem holidays. Uh, shall we uh, get into our main topic today? Why? All right. How to start on this? Oh, uh, this suggestion I'm, it didn't really come from anyone, I don't think, but it was a... Uh, it was something that came up during an earlier conversation about like art skill. I think. Um, hey, I'll tell you what. Usually, like when I when I kick off the topic, I'll start by asking you a question about it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you, why don't you give that? Why try that? We start it with that. Uh, okay, okay. I I, I had a different way. Oh, right, well, okay. It. Never mind. Never mind. Don't let me steer you. Don't let me steer you. Go for it. Go. Do uh, it. Go. Um. Something. Something. And I lost my train of thought now. I ruined um, it. I am the worst. So uh, specifically, it was it, it came from me describing how I how I view my progress as as an artist, and that is, is particularly with of this light, my my horror comic. It, my my art is starting to reach this point where it matches what's in my head, and my my ability to to line up those two things uh, has been. How I personally measure my skill, uh, and we kind of thought we could make a whole topic on that. The, the The idea of like what's in your head matching what comes out on the paper. How how I like go about achieving that, and and the the, the general thought of it. I guess uh, a a question I do have uh, when I first brought it up, you kind of implied that that's not how it works for you at all. You don't quite. What you draw doesn't really match what's in your head, and I was hoping you could uh, talk a little bit about that. Um, and like, were you just being self-deprecating, or do you like use a different yardstick, or et cetera, et cetera? So, uh, I've I've mentioned this a little bit, and it's kind of what I've hit on. What uh, I think both of my major comics so far have hit on. Uh, the Indies has the character Penny, who just kind of like slips into dreamland. Um, Overjoyed is very much about how like. I needed art to bridge the gap from my brain and my emotions and my feelings to the rest of the world. I cannot create a thing that matches my imagination. It is, it is an un, 
obtainable goal. My imagination is nuts beyond belief. It is bonkers. I can dream up things that like no movie can come close to. I can I've I've often described the the experience. I don't know if this counts as synesthesia, but like I will uh, listen to a song and just imagine a cartoon animated to it vividly in full color. The things that I create come from that imagination and and I have just just more ideas than I will have time to create in this life. And they are more beautiful in my brain than I will ever be able to create them. So in my case, I had to let go of that because it's it's like on the one hand, it's what drives me. But on the other hand, it's preposterously unobtainable. So uh, I... A lot of the things that I've talked about on this show so far, and a lot of things I've talked to about with my friends when we when we bullshit about about you know artistic concepts like art nerds, come from this lifetime of having incredible ideas and wanting to create them, and building and pushing and growing and and creating to achieve stars I can't reach because they are stars. And so that's my like set up this topic summary. <laughs> and and because of that, this is going to be interesting is that like me who loves to talk, if you've been hanging out with us, you've noticed that. I boy do I talk a lot. I actually don't have a lot to say on this topic. I know the feeling and I do have stuff to say. But survival for me has meant getting over this feeling. And so I'm very interested in what I'm I'm going to use the royal you. Uh you, Kyle, uh, and you, everyone here in chat hanging out that that creates things and struggles to get them to look look the same as they do in your brain. And anyone from now until the future that hears this podcast, I would love to hear how it feels what it's like for you to build things, to build skills, to to have something in your brain, to create something that does or doesn't match what's in your brain or is good enough or isn't. Um, Kyle, really quick, what's our email address? Uh, how to draw without dying at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. All um, one word, no fanciness. Yeah. Uh, e- email us forever if if you have thoughts on this one because this is something I'm fascinated in. Uh, So with that, um, Kyle, you said that's how you judge your art skill and that resonates with me. I do get that. Uh, Yeah, I um, similarly, like I too do have like a pretty big lofty imagination when it comes to certain projects. I I think of music videos and stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But actually like one of my early, early career goals when I was middle school or so, I, I kind of thought I would go into video game development. But then I realized that making a video game takes more than one person. And that seemed really hard. <laughs> it's tough to... Uh, <clears throat> how to collaborate is definitely a future topic. Uh, so I... It's not that I really set my sights lower. It's 
my ambitions became what I could make with my own hands more at, like as as the more important thing. Jack Attack does this depend on the video game. You are absolutely correct. When I was making this decision, the indie market was not near as prolific as it is now. And also, I was stupid and young, and the ideas I had would have required more than me. <laughs> uh, so the ideas I had cannot even be pulled off by AAA <laughs> companies see, these days. See, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Catching up on chat, Squirrelheart says, uh, I one time was thinking about a catfish and actually pictured it for a fleeting moment, and it was overwhelming, exciting, and terrifying. I assume it'd uh, be like being colorblind your whole life and then getting those colorizing glasses. Oh, uh, uh, Squirrelheart has mentioned uh, he has a a condition I don't remember the name of, but very uh, difficult, if not impossible, to, to visualize things. And, and mm, I've heard of this. I, I can't imagine and like it's one of those things that like i want to say i'm i'm sorry but like at the same time i i from from other conditions i have i know that you are probably just used yeah. to it and i'm etc i don't let myself be shocked when i hear that someone has a different form of perception uh it reminds me of um the old friend of mine who was uh on the autism spectrum and could not perceive facial emotions, but drew amazing comics because they could like ex they exaggerated emotions to the point that they could see them. And so these differences in perception make for wildly different human experiences. And and you know, because it's my favorite thing, wildly different art. As I was sorry, getting back onto it though. Uh, so I thought I'd make video games. Realized I couldn't do it on my own, so I sort of set my sights. I, I, again, I wouldn't consider it lower, but to something that was more capable for just me. So that's when I got into novel writing and then eventually comics. Uh, it wouldn't be until I was already well into making comics. Like, I, I, I had already published, like, the first book of OTL when I realized, oh, shit, American comics didn't have, like, six people do all the shit. Hacks. I didn't actually, like, internalize that. Cheaters. <laughs> But uh, that is to say, like, I I've, was very focused on what I personally could accomplish. And so uh, moving my art to be something that my hand can draw was very important to me. Um, that said, I did uh, struggle with it in some ways. Like, I, I, I did this, I, I mentioned this a while back, I, I did this brief stint into oil painting and... I wanted to do, like, fancy old, like, old-timey portraits. I had, like, a whole idea of, like, oh, I'm going to make these things look old but be really modern. But then I realized I simply don't have the patience for the techniques it takes to do that. I know how to do it. I have the encyclopedia of skills and, and practical knowledge. But when it comes to layering the thin layers of paint, like, dozens and dozens of layers of paint in a way so you get like the flesh tones and the warmth of the skin and getting it all to like in, be in that right texture i just lost my mind that i relate to that because the whole uh if you're watching my stream the sort of like plant texture that i drew that's my background like i am a very impatient artist and i really want to mm -hmm. get shit done fast but learning to do that was a kind of interesting neat little like nah nah th this is a cool thing that i think i have the patience to do 
and I'm going to slow down and do it. And there's a lot of art techniques that I don't have the patience for. But it was kind of cool to discover I had I was I had the patience to do this. Yeah, uh, I on the other hand really didn't like how like I, I I've never been a huge fan of impressionism. Not that I have like anything against it. I just I like I don't respond to those paintings the same way I respond to others. But painting impressionism is fucking fun and really jives with <laughs> how my brain handles paint. Um, so that was the thing I had to deal with. But. Uh, the sort of like anime manga western mix that I do for like things like of this light, uh, it it's something that I was never quite able to get until recently, and now I can. And I feel like I've always been working towards achieving kind of the art I'm starting to get now. Like this this particular road right here that I drew, like this this is what road looks like in my head. In fact, it looks a bit too right because she's supposed to be a little younger here. <laughs> But I'm uh, I'm proud I'm finally reaching that because early OTL, uh, I, that, that wasn't really the case. It, it, it was getting there, but not quite. So trying to get my drawings to match what's in my head, um, it, my catchphrase, as you've heard me say many, many times, all of you, uh, well, most of you, is that art isn't a thing you're good or bad at. It's a toolbox you, you keep adding tools to. And one of those tools is shape. And several sub-tools in there, therein. Um, shape, especially, like, the shape of people, is a thing that I'm getting closer and closer to what's in my head. So I am showing off my sketchbook right now uh, where I have done a lot of pencil drawings uh, for the next comic page that I'm drawing, uh, which I like to refer to as my JoJo pose page. Uh, my characters are all going to talk about... Um, it's, it's, I'll tell the story later, but everyone's going to have a cool pose. Every one of my nine main characters, well, actually eight of my nine main characters are all doing a cool fighting pose. And it's very, very much like related to, uh, the story and what's going on. And so I'm creating each character's like, like form, uh, using, you know, just a few lines and a few shapes to show, oh, here's her, their head, here's their motion line, here's the, the action that they're doing. And um, and I've been working on this one for a long time. In fact, I took a break because it was very hard. <laughs> but uh, this kind of movement, I've, I've mentioned a few times uh, before that I kind of struggle with dynamic uh, dynamic poses, dynamic uh, character action. Uh, when I'm drawing by default, when I'm drawing my stories, typically, um, <clears throat> I draw them very statically. I have a lot of a lot of situations where characters are talking and they're not doing really intense action. They're hanging around. They're drinking a glass of water. They're moving around the room. And so I'll play with a camera angle, but they're generally very static because I'm uh, really focused on what their face looks like. And so I can get their faces looking like um, you used a word once, uh, and I think it was the word whimsical, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, and you were talking about um, an anime I haven't watched. Um, uh, uh, Made in Abyss, probably. Made in Abyss is the one I was thinking of, yes. Where... Um, 
Made in Abyss has is a a horrible horrible world, but they um the characters are adorable. They're very and and the world is very whimsical despite being horrifying. Um and I think that's that's definitely something that is closer to what's in my head is I I imagine more whimsical, friendly, soft, nice things. Um and so when it comes to shape, I feel like I'm getting much closer to what's actually in my head. I'm drawing uh dyna- more dynamic characters. I'm I've been pushing that actually this very year to be able to do more action scenes and get characters that are using motion curves and look like they're in movement and look like they're in action as opposed to standing still. And I've always been very good at emotive faces. That's actually the first thing that I draw. It's my favorite thing to draw. It's, it's like the first tool in my toolbox is drawing faces, communicating an emotion. It's one of the reasons why I love comics, you know, as a medium. That does lead me to uh, one thought about this whole, like, what's on the paper matching what's in my head is that not every tool is right for every job. Um, yes. I was able to hit what I wanted for the punchline's death almost immediately after just drawing itself because there were certain there were there were certain things I couldn't learn how to do until I drew it. <laughs> um but that art style was uh already in my toolbox when I picked it up and it was very easy to match what was in my head when I was making it. Um but all of the fun shading and more realistic proportions in certain places, mm-hmm. but anime mm-hmm. and others mm-hmm. that I've learned from OTL didn't uh, didn't help me with that project, but that's also okay. It's I love like you know hinting back at uh, at the tools in a toolbox. I love the meme of add detail mm-hmm. because it's it, it's a little bit of that how to you know draw the rest of the fucking owl, or it's like draw some <laughs> circles, draw the rest of the fucking owl. Uh, it's such a joke because it's like, oh, you get you get the shape down, then you add detail, and and then people just kind of you know people that don't draw a l- often shit a brick. We're like, how did you get from step A to step ninety three, and why did it go from letters to numbers? I don't understand. Uh, they're they're tools that we practice and and. This step is just, you know, it's 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 one of those tools. I'm also uh, reminded of another lesson of mine, or another thing. When when an art, ah, blah, blah, I can talk. It's it's fine. You got this. It's fine. I'm reminded of another realization I had not that long ago, which is uh, a lot of artists say. You know, post up a picture of a big cityscape, and they're like, "Uh, oh, I'm really bad at cities, but I did this. Um, this is something I do all the time." And then people are like, "Oh, that city looks good. Why are you, why are you saying that it, it? You're you're bad at them." Mm. Um, and I I kind of realized the actual like reason behind things like that. Um, there there's certainly a level of like default self deprecation that that goes along with it. Yes, but um, when I say I'm bad at cities. It's not that I can't make a city that looks good. It's that I, A, either can't make a city that looks how it looks in my head, or B, doing so takes infinitely more effort and time and integration than something I would consider myself good at, which is characters. I really, really like this point. 
I think this is a major source of self-deprecation, uh, a major source of that thing that they 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 like drilled into me in art school. Don't say bad things about a finished piece. Let other people react to it. We would do we would do critique. We'd finish the thing and we put them all up on the board or whatever and have the class all like we you know person person who created it puts it up. Everyone else responds to it and says what they think. And uh, first year art students, myself included, would all be like, "Yeah, but I fucked up this and this doesn't look bad." And professors were all like, "Don't do that! <laughs> Don't do that! Let the audience take it in." at their own time. Let the audience build a relationship with your artwork on their own. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't see the little flaws in it. Maybe they don't like it and will say either useless or useful words about it. But let the audience connect to it. That's hard for us because it doesn't match what's in our brain. Uh... And I think having that outlet, that, that way to say, hey, this thing's hard for me, I, I think that's important. I think that actually does, mm-hmm. like, self-deprecation, I think, has a purpose as long as it's being used knowingly, if that makes sense. It can push you forward. It does drive you. When, when the thing you made isn't quite what's what your idea is, you keep trying. You keep pushing. Or you give up, which you shouldn't do. I, I think understanding what you mean when you say I'm not good at drawing something, whether you mean this piece turns out turned out bad and I don't like it, which is I, I think that's unhelpful self-deprecation versus this was a challenge for me and I did it like that. That can be good self-deprecation. <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't like saying that self-deprecation is is good, but I do think that. Uh, self-review that, okay, all right, I got better, but it's still not where I want to be. Let me keep working on that. That can lead to improvement. That can lead to try the next one. And I think think the danger here, the reason why you want to focus not on self-deprecation, oh, I, I suck at buildings, is because that's more likely to discourage you from trying it again. Uh, trying it again is what drives improvement. It's what drives, oh, hey, you drew one city. It's all right. You drew four cities. It's all right. You drew 100 cities. Oh, that's that's starting to look like a thing. To be fair, um, how I engage with making art, I feel, is a little bit different than you in oh, yeah. that I complain constantly <laughs> when I draw about how bullshit the drawing I'm doing is being o- almost like the drawing itself is a a living thing that is actively trying to ruin my life. <laughs> and I, that's kind of what I mean when I say I've gotten over it or I've worked on it is because boy have I been there. And mm-hmm. I decided I needed to stop abusing myself that way. <laughs> I don't consider it abusing myself. I can consider it abusing this stupid Clip Studio document that doesn't have feelings and thus can't be offended because it's not real. Um, we should take a second to catch up on chat. And the next thing I want to talk about 
is because uh, it's something that both you and I uh, mentioned uh, as as stuff we want to talk about, which is um, the difference between uh, inner head versus what we've created for drawing versus writing. Mm-hmm. But um, let me let's see. There's a little bit less chat on my side, so let me t- uh, take a look here. Um, Okay, uh, Shiny Subat said something interesting over on my side, which is familiarity is also a big part of the difficulty. We see our own hands constantly, so we notice when something's not right. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of why hands are one of those things on the list. Um, Kelly Turnbull, the creator of uh, Manly Guys Doing Manly Things and a bunch of other stuff, she's a very, very cool lady who talks, about, talks really great words about art all the time, and I think she's awesome. Um... She went to animation school, and one of the one of the classes she took said, "Okay, we're gonna do walk cycles. Here's a hat full of pieces of paper with an animal on it. Everybody draw an animal. And they all draw an animal, and someone got cat. And after everyone drew their animals, uh, the teacher was like, "Okay, yeah, the people that got like elephant and deer and giraffe, you got it. You got it easy. The people that drew cat and dog." you're kind of a little bit fucked because everyone knows what a cat and a dog looks like. And when you do, when you make a bad walk cycle for a cat or a dog, people's like, because it's familiar, it's harder. Uh, but if you do a walk cycle for an elephant, you can fuck around. You can make it swing his fucking face around, swing his trunk back and forth, flapping his ears, doing a doing strut with his big old pachyderm feet. And people are like, oh, that's a cool elephant. Because there's an, there aren't elephants just around, so you don't have that around to just judge it. But you do a cat doing all that, people are like that ain't that. No, you didn't do it. That's not just not because you didn't cat. The familiarity makes a, and that's why hands are such a big deal. We see hands. We process hands. Human beings emote with their hands, and human beings are very good at picking up the emotions of other human beings, which is why a cartoon face works. So we put our hands in our comics. And they're emoting because we pick up emotions from hands. And when you do like cartoon hands or simple hands, whatever, it does the job. But you're like, you look at the hands, and you're like, that's ah, not quite hands. The trick for me, uh, actually, I have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of tricks for hands. But um, there are ways to draw a stick figure hand, like a, 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 a smiley face. It's a circle. Two dots and, and a line, and that's a happy face. And you look at that, it's like, oh, that's a happy face. I know what that, yeah, I recognize that. There are, like, um, I'm drawing this right now. Uh, this is my stick figure hand. And for folks listening to me, I will do my best to uh, describe what I just drew. Uh, first, I drew a diamond, uh, which is basically a square at 45 degrees. Um, and I drew three long rectangles coming out of three of the corners of that of that rectangle. And then between two of those rectangles, I drew two more rectangles. And that's more of a hand than you would imagine it would be. And then two lines coming off of the last end is the wrist. It's... A, this is for all the thing that I just described to you is for all intents and purposes a smiley face but a hand and it is a useful shorthand tool to just get like okay hand fast done I had an easier time 
uh, with writing, uh, writing and art are both things that didn't come easy to me and things that I had to like push and, and, and push myself really hard to learn how to do well because I simply because I wanted to. And because like when I did it, it wasn't what was in my brain. So I needed to get better. Um, I love to draw. I've been drawing since I was very small. I've been drawing comics since I was seven, as I mentioned every episode. Um, and when I consume media, pictures are vital. Uh, I read books. I actually love novels. Uh, they're just a little bit more work to read for me. Uh, comics, I can eat. I can eat them faster. <laughs> I could get the ideas into my brain rapidly. And they take up less time to just consume. So I really gravitated towards comics as the thing that I enjoy putting into my brain. Uh, but making them was harder. And when I'm learning to write, it was actually a lot easier to learn to write things that were in my brain and get them down with prose and adjectives and and descriptors um versus drawing which took much 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 more work to to learn how to take what's in my brain and make it into something um you are also both a writer and an artist Kyle what was what was that like for you? I definitely think it's kind of the other way around for me. Neat. Uh, drawing, I feel, has been easier for me to meaningfully improve and get closer to what's in my head. Hmm. Um, anachronistic was actually like a massive hurdle for me hmm. um, writing wise, and it, I the the problem the the problem is I don't know what I did to get better aside from looking at my prose for years and being like, I don't like this about my prose, but I don't know how to make it better. And then sitting down with a project that where I did what I wanted. And that is like, uh, anachronistics really kind of poetic flowery, like windy prose. I like that so much. I, I like the lyricness of, of how anachronistic is written it, it is my favorite thing about it, and it's something I had been trying to capture in my writing my whole career and hadn't. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I've described much of my life as looking directly into a portrait of Ernest Hemingway and walking backwards directly into hell. Because <laughs> in almost every aspect of my life, I see myself drifting too close to Hemingway and wanting to go the other way. <laughs> And uh, to that be was the fair, case my prose. To be fair, he had way more women in his life. It, it, see, that's the thing. I would like th like three less wives and one less death by shotgun. Mm. <laughs> uh, and um, I, I don't hate that line. <laughs> but my prose was was very like terse and to the point, and it got the point across, and it was very minimalistic, and people liked that about it. But I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um, I I like the lines where someone's like, "Oh, that was a good line." I like I like the the lines that are like really quotable, um, and feel like part. Of, I mean, honestly, like part of a song. And I think honestly, like it it was. 
I, I had taken a pretty big break from writing prose before I wrote Anachronistic. Um, and even a big break writing prose, like in between writing Anachronistic, because COVID happened, I didn't do anything for a while. And in that time, I listened to a lot of music that I liked. And I think I just sort of... Isn't that, isn't that how Iraqi creates? Maybe. He just listens to oh, a bunch Ar- of music and then names his superpowers after it? No, Iraqi Ar- has two reference image books on either side of him when he writes. One is uh, uh, Michelangelo's sculptures, mm. and the other one is uh, a fashion magazine. No, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that tracks. But yeah, right, writing is harder for me. It's harder for me to figure out how to fix problems in writing than it is for me to figure out how to fix problems in art. <laughs> There's one big detachment between like what I create and what's in my head, and that's color. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, somewhere along the line, well, I, I, like my my first my first comics were all digital. I would draw with pencil on paper, scan it, and then and like illustrate, uh, quote unquote ink on top of that, and that was fun. I actually really liked the way that that looked to a point, but. The the graphite on paper step, I couldn't detach myself from. I couldn't, I, n- I have never been able to just sketch on a computer. I've never been able to just figure it out and, and, and doodle. And like, I, I, in order to draw on a computer, which I have a lot of experience of, and I actually can draw some very nice things on a computer to just create from scratch i need graphite on paper first and i've just it just feels right when i'm thinking about it and then through the comics club i meet people that i i feel like our group is very mixed as far as like what tools they use uh, whether they're digital or traditional and i think that was very uh healthy for me to to see that and see that, like, oh yeah, it's it's all just a paintbrush. It's just a different paintbrush. This paintbrush is in Photoshop. This paintbrush is in Clip Studio. This this paintbrush is a pencil. And it's like everyone had the tool that worked for them. And so it was easy for me. And, you know, again, in art school, I did a little of everything. So I had touched a little of everything. I'm hanging out with people who are just wizards with ink on paper. And I'm watching them do these techniques. I'm watching them do this uh, texture and shape. Uh, I'm watching them do uh, like <laughs> our our friend Alan and their ability to just make uh, compositional blacks look like beautiful and sculpted and wet. Um, I just have these influences all around me, and I'm like, "Fuck! I'd rather be doing that." I'm 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 fighting against the computer. Here's the downside, is that that computer-style art, that high-color, crisp lines, that's what's in my brain. That's what's in my imagination. That's what I want my art to look like. But I hate doing it. And what feels the most fun and organic and easy to, to do is the physical stuff, the graphite, and then ink on top of it, and then clean it up after that. 
and it's and so the things that I create are are I, I'm very proud of my ability to make shapes. Shapes of people, shapes of buildings, shapes of things. So I think I've got shape down, and that would be fine no matter what medium I used. But the craft of it, my craft is very sketchy and scribbly and rough and textured, and I am very proud of it. But it doesn't feel like the thing that's in my brain. What's in my brain is bright and colorful and smooth and sharp, and and it it, it it's 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 a conundrum. Fortunately, uh, I have a, a, a decent paycheck, which means I can afford a robust collection of Copic markers and a license to Adobe so that either with markers or with, uh, or with uh, the computer, I can apply those bright colors to what I draw, and then I find something much closer to what I create. Oh, to what? Not to what I create. Uh, I find something much closer to what's in my head. Two problems with that. One is that I don't have any fucking time. <laughs> kind of similar with um, sketching. In order to like, I can sketch digitally. It's just not as fun <laughs> and not as useful. Like it's, it's. I I do it when I I'm looking at a thumbnail. Or, or a, a previous sketch that I've already done and it's not working and I need and I'm already at the sit down at the computer in ink phase but I need a new I need a new composition like I, I can do it then but uh, it's so much funner for me to just go at a sketchbook yeah. with a pencil and I remember just um, uh, a while back I, I, um, one of our friends who did something similar was like okay I'm trying to uh, remove the need for for that sketch phase from my um, mm -hmm. from my production, yeah. so I can draw faster. And I'm like, why, yeah. why would you want to? Like, that's the part of the drawing I can yeah. do at any point. Like, I can be like insomniac five in the morning, like tired off my ass, and still have fun yeah. drawing in the sketchbook. <laughs> well, but uh, to... different different people. Yeah, have different that's actually approaches. what I was going to say next is that like this is very much yours and my connection to that initial get the idea down uh shiny zubat saying uh, right here that uh sketching digitally never really clicked until they drew in an ipad with a uh, with a, a particular style brush uh and it's like yeah get once that once the right tool is in your hand it starts like clicking i've said just about everything i needed to say uh, before my closing point, uh, what else is on your mind about about making your art look like what's in your head? I guess my last thing is like how I did sort of get to where I'm at as far as being comfortable, like like getting getting what I draw to to match. The best thing by far that got me closer was looking at artists who were closer to what's in my head and being like, how did they do the thing that I want to do? Um, so if you're having, if, if you vibe with the, the same thing I'm describing, uh, that's simply like that, that. That's the best advice I can give is look at the art, look at the art that 
is what you want to draw and and draw that <laughs> so yeah go ahead and see if it gets you there i kind of got screwed on this because the tools mm. that i love using don't create the finished thing that i dream about mm. and so that that's not a detachment that's going to go away anytime soon why go ahead that was uh oh oh i was i will say my my advice there was more generally for the oh, audience rather was, than you i i, I oh, trust you to have <laughs> yeah the the tools i love to use are fun and feel good uh the tools that i would need in order to create what's in my head i would i always struggled with so why bother it's because leaning into the tools that were more fun to use meant I drew more. And um, I use the phrase killing a sketchbook page, uh, which is literally what I'm doing right now on stream. Uh, I am drawing a character in a particular pose that's kind of frustrating me. And it's like, it looks okay, but it's not quite there yet. So I'm drawing him over and over and over again. Using the tools that feel good, using the processes that click, um, while it's it's not, while it's a bit of a detachment from you know the way that I imagine it, it makes me able to iterate. It makes me able to continue. It makes me able to practice, and that's why I lean into the sketchy, scribbly, textured style and the sketchy, scribbly, textured like tools is because they feel good to use i'm much much more likely to grab my sketchbook and, and play with them than than grab a a tablet and do some some uh vector art or what have you and so i practice more i draw more uh when something doesn't look like what's in my brain for other reasons like shape reasons then i can grab my pencil and my sketchbook and practice the shape And as a result, I'm able to apply other things like my my coloring skills, my my love for bright color, my love for digital art. I can take an a, a, an ink piece and then put digital color behind it, and that's so much closer to what I want. Mm -hmm. So by not killing myself trying to learn the tools that don't work for me I practice more I improve more I develop more I meet challenges with enthusiasm instead of begrudging frustration and um and I improve I think like all things this particular topic this this idea of your art needing to match what's in your head works for some people and doesn't work for others um and if it does work for you, I think it can be a useful thing to strive for. I feel like it can be a direction if you don't really have one. I, I like it as an answer to when you look at a piece of art and you aren't satisfied with it. It's it's a way to explain why you're not satisfying with satisfied with it. It might not be the correct answer, but it, it it might it might also be. And if you 
know the answer to that question, you can find a way to improve. But it also doesn't happen all at once. It, it took me my entire artistic career up till this point to finally get my characters looking how they look in my head. <laughs> so, uh... Don't stress out about it too much. <laughs> my yeah, my last thought builds on that is that um this is what drives you to improve. This is what drives you to practice. It's like it's okay that it doesn't quite match what's in your head. If you draw five more, that fifth one is gonna look a little closer to what's in your head than that first one. So don't self deprecate. Don't say, Oh, this sucks, or try not to. Uh because the thing that's going to get you closer to what's in your head is some more practice and the ability to have fun practicing, feel for practice to feel good, for you to be able to draw five attempts rather than one, five, five scribbly small attempts rather than one perfect one, it will get you closer and closer to creating the thing that's actually in your brain. Anyway, look at some comics. Let's do a comic shop. Man, I actually kind of fucked it up last week because it's like because we had the weird thing that that like where I was on your stream and I didn't have highlights or anything like that. So I just like dumped all the links in one. It's, I did did the twit. I did the Twitter, but barely, but barely. But anyway, I'll be we'll be back we'll be back to regular routine this week and um and then not on I'm I, you know sorry for anyone that's doing a Kickstarter in in December I'm out I need a I need a breather I need a break it became a second job but <laughs> to be fair December's already like one of the worst times to do a Kickstarter you're right uh, and I've noticed that and so uh yeah don't do a Kickstarter in December wait till, wait till the new year. Today is November seventeenth, two thousand twenty-two, and I like comics. And other people are making comics on Kickstarter and I want to talk about them because I love them. And the first one I got is The Zapper by Edwin Lopez and crew. Uh, if I mispronounce your names, please let me know and I will correct them next week. The Zapper is about Daisy. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, browser and mouse. Work with me here. That's a Nintendo. That's a Nintendo Zapper. Daisy is a young girl who discovered her NES zapper gun has the ability to kill anything or anyone it shoots through the television screen. Oh no. Oh fucking no. Is this Death Note? <laughs> it might say, be a little bit like of Death, Death Note. Note. Uh, as an adult, years after losing the zapper gun, she suspects someone else has found it and is using it to commit a string of murders the police can't solve. So with the help of two skeptical, skeptical detectives, she sets out to find and stop the killer before he kills again. Uh, we're looking at black and white with gray wash tones, high technique illustration. Like the, the illustrator of this is just a skilled illustrator, period. Um, we're looking just, just like, it's, it's interesting that like nothing really jumps out at me because their fundamentals are just solid like everything is is being drawn from just really really strong fundamentals i'm looking at uh, a dude with a perfect motorcycle i'm looking at some police officers at a perfect desk it's it this is it's just 
this is a good illustrator who illustrates well. Uh, I can recognize all the characters. I can recognize the settings. They are drawing what needs to be drawn for the story. Uh, let's see. This is written by Edwin Lopez, art by uh, Hernan Juarez, and lettered by uh, Matias Zanetti. How are we doing? How are we doing? Oh, we are not looking for much. We're just looking for uh, 527, which I suspect is very specifically the amount they need to print it. Uh, we're already at five, uh, at 356, so well on our way to a, a completely, like, uh, uh, you know, j just get it done sort of goal here. Um, yeah, no troubles there. You want to read a comic about a person that can kill people with the, with a Nintendo zapper? Like, it's literally Nintendo. You know what's great about indie comics? You can get away with this shit. I fucking love it. I fucking <laughs> love it. Okay. Excellent start on that one. Next up, I have Beastlands by Curtis Clow and crew. In a medieval fantasy world filled with powerful companion creatures known as Keepers, one boy and his friends are on a quest to find uh, his missing father. Tensions rise as the angsty teens run out of clues and face unexpected peril at every turn. A grieving tyrant has outlawed keepers from the land and sent his murderous soldiers to exterminate every one of the beasts they can find. Mac, Ava, and Ping will have their friendship tested as they struggle tooth and claw to save each other and as many keepers as they can. That's a good world building. Got it. I got it. That is that is a uh, that is an excellent pitch right there. Actually, uh, I read a lot of these, and and like that that one paragraph explanation of uh, what it is that helps me so much to know like what to talk about here, what I want to back. That is an excellent pitch. Artwork is soft. It like I, it's soft colors, soft edges to what is drawn but then like really crisp uh we're looking at like like really really crisp fantasy settings castles and wilderness wilderness uh really articulate um it, adults adult characters teenage characters um the the creatures are absolutely wild but they all look like like they all look anatomically believable and i just can't emphasize enough how soft it is. I'm looking at a wolf with big pointy claws and big fangs leaping into action doing a doing a um a monster hunter story style attack. This very specific thing that made this made me think of um and and a, and a dude cowering from it's like everything is we were talking about shape earlier and like the shapes are that is a wolf creature, that is a person, that is a, that is a griffin hawk thing. But there's just a softness to all of it. Even a, a scene of a wolf attacking a guy, it, it like it just feels soft and friendly, and and this is just a nice world to live in. And these are good people trying to protect a good world. Uh, written by Curtis Clough, art by uh, Joe Me uh, Gyeong, and lettering by Tobin Resitkacht. Doing my best. And wow, I didn't realize how hard this was blowing it out of the water. We were looking for uh, 15,000. 
U.S. And we're at 35,000. This is crushing it. 452 backers. This is big news. And boy, does it deserve it. Holy shit. This is a beautiful work, a, an amazing story, an incredible pitch. Uh, not surprising that this is crushing it. Well done. Super well done. I love it. Next one I've got is Bast Reeves, West of Hell by Kevin Grivio and crew. Not, this is actually kind of a stark one in comparison. It's very little art and really little to describe it. Um, but I kind of like it. Reeves escaped slavery. Uh, Reeves escaped slavery, became a feared tracker and bounty man, and then accepted a commission as the first black man west of the Mississippi to we to wear a silver star of the U.S. Marshal Service. Bass always got his man, arresting over three thousand outlaws, a record that stands to this day. That's the entire description. Um, very character-driven art. There's not a lot to go on, just a few clips here, but enough to see that it's like really kind of like poster style colors, uh, characters that express with their bodies much as their faces, really imposing sort of statuesque characters. Fascinating. Um, really wish there was more to go on. I wish there was some more art, wish there was a little bit more description of what the plot's going to be like, but I like it. Um... Written by uh, Kevin uh, Grevio, art by D. Williams, colors by G. L. Tiab, and letters by E. Weathers. Um, and we're doing great. We're doing great for an early Kickstarter. Uh, only 15 backers, but we're only looking for $1,000, which is $1,000 US, which is completely, completely reachable. And we've already got 905. Well on its way and just started. So well past that halfway mark that we really like to see. And the last one I've got is Entwined by Pluvius. This is a webcomic, I dare say. Just in its, in its heart and soul, in the way that it's illustrated, this is a webcomic. Um, the description goes as such. Legend says that an evil dark entity soul, Gerald... Uh, was sealed by the light entity, Lydia, in a stone governed by two swords, the light sword and the dark sword. Mmm, fantasy world building. Sakura believed the legend to be a total myth until her childhood friend, Hideki, returned uh, to their hometown. Her life turns upside down. I'm not going to quote any TV intro shows. When they learned that uh, she and the other kids hold Lydia's elemental powers, with Hideki bearing the, a key item, the light sword. Oh, dang. Reluctantly, they all set out on an adventure uh, to understand how they are connected to the legend while uncovering secrets and revealing traumas from their past. Uh, we got a lot of art here, but it's small. But I'm going to talk about it as best I can. Brightly colored, definitely webcomic style. It's got that... that it's webcomic. This is the webcomic style. It is, it's got that mix of like, uh, the, the it, it definitely inspired by anime, definitely got like the anime big eyes and the expressive faces and a lot of the sort of like character face tropes that, that manga anime style has. But the panel layout and the coloring especially 
is is just what what you think of when you think of web comics. There's just a way a lot a lot of close ups on faces, a lot of reactions, and there's those anime manga speed lines. Uh, we get a character standing here with just like a silhouette of green trees in the background. Got it. Enough to tell the, tell the tale. Enough to set the camera, but the focus is on the character, and things just glow. There's a person doing magic. That magic is glowing. Guy's got an amulet. That amulet is glowing. Things are just lit to be magical, and I love it. This is Jer Bait. This is this is the, this is the stuff that I eat up. I love it. I was gonna say this is the web comiciest web comic we've reviewed in, in an <laughs> affectionate way, but it it is actually like it really splits the the middle between manga yeah. and web comic. In yeah. a very anime way. And I say anime, not manga. I'm referring to those as two different things. And that's really kind of yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, that's that, that, that's exactly one of the, the, the reason why I picked this one this week. Because there's just something that they are hitting a very, very specific target with that art. And I love it. I love the way it glows. I love it. I eat it up every time. This is uh, translated from Japanese yen. So it's a Jap- yeah, Japanese artist or an artist that lives in Japan, either way. Uh, yeah, they said yeah, they're yeah, uh, yeah. based in Tokyo. Uh, translated to American dollars, we are looking for uh, a little over 2800 and we've made 1800 so far. Uh, again, well past that halfway mark we want to see in an early Kickstarter. This is looking very likely to succeed. That's the comic shot for this week. Kyle, where do people find links to these things? There will be links in the show notes as well as on your Twitter account. Which is at Ironoki. I'll be tweeting out links to these all next week. It's actually really difficult to create things that match what's in your head. It's hard. It's okay that it's hard. It's okay that it doesn't match. You're probably your own worst critic. Other people probably love it even though it's not as good as what's in your head. Uh, but let go, draw it, practice it, iterate it, keep going, use the tools that feel good to use, let yourself create stuff so that you keep creating, and the more you create, the the closer it'll get to the stuff in your head, as long as you just keep drawing. You probably won't die. <laughs>